2: Then we choose a job and a partner that make us miserable. We say we want to be productive. Then we waste time endlessly. We say we want to improve our relationship with food and stop binging. And then we have a few good days only to then binge eat. A way to describe these contradictory actions is self-sabotage. If you answered yes to any of these, or you can relate to them, you might be stuck in a self sabotage cycle. By the end of this episode, you'll understand what is self sabotage and what is your flavor of it? Why do you do it and how you can start to improve it? Welcome back to another episode on the what is eating you podcast. It is Friday, my friends, and I'm so excited to be here. Feels like a little minute since I last recorded, but I'm back in the Gold Coast. I'll give you a little life update. So I was back in Melbourne for three days. We had to go for a funeral. My partner's Yaya, which is grandma in Greek, passed away. She had an incredible life. She passed away at age 93, I believe. And it was a very, very beautiful service. I definitely think funerals put things into perspective or make you reflect on your life a lot. And I might do an episode on funerals, on death, on life, if that is something you're interested in, let me know. But it definitely makes you reflect on life and how you want to be remembered. I remember in the church listening to the eulogy where they read out the person's life and what they went through and what they experienced. And all I could think about was, wow, you're not going to be remembered for how much you weighed. You're not going to be remembered for your amazing forehead that you had or how you looked What people remember about you is how you made them feel and the person you were. So I encourage you to reflect on that a little bit. But anyways, this episode today is about self-sabotage. And I decided to do it because it is a term I hear about a lot. And to be honest, I haven't really taken a deep dive on it. I think it's just kind of a bit of a pop psychology word. But on deeper inspection, it really is complex and it does exist and it is real and many, many people can relate to it. So let's get into today's episode. What is self-sabotage? Self-sabotage is the complex behaviors or thought patterns that keep you from doing what you genuinely want to do deep down. It's a phenomenon where an individual actively or passively blocks their own progress You stand in your own way, you create problems in your life, and you obstruct your goals. And there's actually 15 specific ways that you may self-sabotage without even knowing it. Now, the types of ways this can manifest include procrastination, self-doubt, negative self-talk, and even physical self-harm. It is contradictory because we express a desire for success or we want to change our life in some way yet we seamlessly, simultaneously obstruct our paths to achieving it. The key is to understand self-sabotage because when you understand it, you can then manage it. So many people will beat themselves up. They will criticize themselves around self-sabotage, but the antidote is actually opposite to what you may think. Now we're going to go into the different types of self-sabotage. And I want you to grab a pen and paper and see how many you can relate to. This can vary from person to person, but here are some common examples. One, procrastination. Yep. That's a form of self-sabotaging. And this is when you delay or avoid tasks that need to be completed, leading to missed deadlines and increased stress. I've got an example of this. I got sent a new mold for my aligners. I'm not even kidding. It was probably over six months ago. And this is so I can get a new mold done, I can get new aligners, and I can straighten my teeth. And I'm watching my teeth getting more and more crooked. I'm watching my teeth kind of not be straight anymore. And I wear the old retainers, but they don't straighten your teeth anymore. They just stop them moving. And I know this. I know that it is literally going to take me 20 minutes to do this mold. But it's like so much time has passed that I'm just like, meh, it's okay. But I I am self-sabotaging because I'm not getting the result I want or desire because I'm procrastinating on doing the step that's going to get me there. Number two, negative self-talk. Engaging in consistent criticism, self doubt, and negative thoughts that undermine your confidence and motivation is actually self sabotaging you. And I'll give you an example. When I work with my food freedom group and say they have a binge, negative self talk, you're such a failure, you might as well keep going, what's the point? You can't stick to anything, you might as well drop out of the program, you never do programs, you never finish them to the end. That is self-sabotage because it is pulling you away from your goal, blocking your progress, and it is an obstruction in what you're trying to achieve. Three, fear of success. This is a surprising one, but subconsciously do you avoid success due to fears of increased responsibilities, expectations, or concerns about how success might change one's life. I experience this, but I think I'm in denial about it. So for example, when people say, oh, fear, I live in fear. I don't think I live in fear, but I think I do. So for example, I've always wanted to run a retreat and I'm planning to run it this year. But one reason that scares me is I'm thinking, you know, not only what if it's not good or what if it's actually, I've got a better example. That's probably fear of failure, which we'll come to in a little bit, but fear of success. I have really amazing ideas that will take my business to the next level, but I'm actually really happy where I am. I have great ideas about community, about ADHD, about programs, etc. but I know that to get to that next level is going to require a next level of sacrifice, staying up maybe late putting all this work in. And I've actually spoken to a coach about this and I'm like, I want that next level, but I don't want to do the work to get there. I have a great sleep schedule. I have a great self-care schedule. I feel really at peace. Why would I disrupt that? I'm actually really happy. So I fear that things may go so well that it's going to increase my responsibility, and change my life so that's an example of fear of success and many people who struggle with an eating disorder or anxiety i'll ask them who are you without this what would your life be like and many people are fearful of what that success could be number four perfectionism setting unrealistic standards and being overly critical of yourself leading to a fear of failure and hesitancy to take on new challenges I don't personally relate to perfectionism. I think I'm the opposite. But if you are always trying to be perfect, this is a sense of self-sabotage. This is a form of self-sabotage because it prevents you from getting started. It prevents you from doing things in a timely manner. It prevents you from trying because you're so scared of not getting it right. Now, all of these come from somewhere and it's important to understand where, but we'll get to that in a moment. Number five, avoidance of challenges. This is self-sabotage. Stepping away from opportunities or challenges that could lead to personal or professional growth due to fear of failure or discomfort. Do you avoid challenges? Do you avoid opportunities? Is it because you're scared? Are you scared of failure? Are you scared of discomfort? Think about that one. Six, sabotaging relationships. Do you engage in behaviors that harm relationships? Are you pushing secure people away? Are you being overly critical to others? Are you projecting your unrealistic, high relenting standards onto other people? I noticed this within myself, right? There are times I have unrealistic, relenting standards and I project that on my partners, but it's not, it's not their belief. It's not their standard. It is mine. And I've really had to pick myself up on this one. Self-isolation. Number seven, do you withdraw from social interactions and isolate yourself? Because this can hinder personal and professional connections and support systems. I definitely know I've been in a, (laughs) a delicate dance with this. Because I used to do a lot of things socially. So back when I used to do food blogging, I would always be going to events and brunch and here and there and there and there. And that obviously leads to burnout. It leads you to feeling very tired. And then I wouldn't want to do anything. But then obviously that, you know, prevents you from meeting people, from escalating your career to overcoming anxiety, etc. cetera. So isolating yourself can be a form of self-sabotage. Number eight, substance abuse. Turning to alcohol or drugs as a way to cope with stress or escape from problems, which can lead to lots of physical and mental health issues. Nine, impulsive decision-making. Making hasty decisions without considering the consequences driven by emotions rather than rational thinking which is definitely a form of self-sabotage. Now, obviously this can come and go in a range of diagnoses such as ADHD, anxiety, etc. So these can be more common in different populations, but it's about figuring out what yours is. Number 10, self-sabotaging beliefs. Holding on to limiting beliefs about yourself, such as I'm not good enough, I don't deserve success, which can hinder personal development. I know for a lot of people who are being physically active or women in their 30s and 40s limiting beliefs can be oh you know I can't uh work on my body or I can't work on my health my hormones are going to take over and yes this is very valid but for many people at this age they are the strongest and healthiest they've been so if you've got do you have limiting beliefs around age I can't find a partner I'm too old after 30, my value decreases. What are your self-sabotaging beliefs that are holding you back? Number 11, overcommitting. This is taking on too many responsibilities or obligations, which leads to burnout and a decreased overall effectiveness. Are you self-sabotaging by overcommitting, committing? So you're too tired to do the things that matter. 12, lack of boundaries failing to establish and enforce healthy boundaries in relationships, work, or personal life, which can result in stress and overwhelm. I had to put a personal boundary on myself (laughs) to be in bed by nine o'clock, no screens, because I went through a bit of a freestyle freedom phone phase where I just let myself scroll endlessly but I realized I wasn't actually enjoying it. I was enjoying what I thought it gave me. I thought, oh, yeah, scrolling on my phone right before bed is my time to relax. It's my time to unwind. But there's nothing relaxing about it. It's increasing your cortisol. It's increasing your adrenaline because you watch these damn TikToks that take you down a rabbit hole of how this girl's mom cheated on her with her own fiance. And then you want to know the whole story and you're hanging on the edge. And then you got to go find part two. And then you're lying there thinking about this. So before we go to bed, we're creating this whole set of problems that aren't even ours. So I digress. Lack of boundaries. Now, this can be self-boundaries or these can be boundaries with other people, with family members, with friends, etc. Number 13 is really interesting. And as I read all this, I'm like, oh, ADHD. ADHD, I feel a lot of these will relate to it because you know, impulsiveness, etc. So, if you relate to more than one, it's okay, you're not broken. Financial self-sabotage. How interesting is that? Engaging in irresponsible financial behaviors such as overspending, accumulating debt or failing to save for the future. I've had people say to me that you know, I had this savings and it was going towards this emergency fund, but then I spent it on a fish tank. Right? Or racking up a debt after pay when it comes to food, etc. Are you self-sabotaging yourself financially? Are you trying to save for a goal, but then you're spending it on, you know, Amazon or something like that? 14. Self-handicapping. I haven't heard of this one. Creating obstacles.
0: In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
2: or excuses that provide a ready-made explanation for potential failure protecting one's self-esteem but hindering progress oh my gosh okay i think i relate to this one so one of my things i really wanted to deal with was fatigue and i went and saw a clinical naturopath i got substances i sorry supplements not substances all illicit all illicit and I actually don't feel fatigued anymore. I've actually overcome that problem. But then there's almost a part of me that still wants to use that old narrative. So, for example, say we're in the gym and I know I didn't sleep well last night or I know that I'm a bit more tired than normal. Sometimes I'll say that and just say, yeah, you know, that's why I'm not doing well or I'm creating an excuse. Whereas Today was fine in the gym. I was a bit tired, but I did all the exercises. I performed well. But it's almost like sometimes I'm tempted to use that. Oh, you know, I've got adrenal issues. I've got gut issues, which may be well and valid, but I'm actually okay now. But I notice myself wanting to say it or use it. So yeah, just balancing that self-validation with, am I creating an obstacle? Am I not going to that event when I know I can go because I'm going to, you know, handicap myself with, a, you know, panic attack or something like that. So it's important, validate, but yeah. At what cost are you hindering your progress? Are you saying, I'm not going to the social event because of my anxiety, but are you hindering yourself from overcoming anxiety? And the last one, number 15 of self-sabotaging is avoiding feedback. I love this one. Resisting constructive feedback. And avoiding opportunities for learning and improvement, which can stagnate personal and professional development. Are you avoiding any feedback? I definitely know when I've spoken to friends or family members and I've gently tried to intervene or offer them suggestions, they don't receive it, they don't want it. And this is self-sabotage. But why? Why are you avoiding feedback? Because this can really stagnate. Your development. And I've been through all these stages. I've been through avoiding feedback or not wanting to hear it. But when you do the work, it becomes a lot easier to understand yourself and be open to it all. Right. Now we understand all the different types of self sabotage, and you know which ones you relate to. You're probably like, Steph, I relate to all of them, but at different times. We're going to understand why and why it's not bad, okay? Your self-sabotage are different parts of your personality. And these different parts have developed based on your upbringing, your childhood needs, which may or may not have been met. But what happens is it's not a disorder, right? It's actually a lot more common than you think. And I want you to think of self-sabotage in parts, right? The idea that our personality has parts, has a really long history. So for example, Freud identified three parts of the psyche: the ego, the ID, and the superego. So your ID is your you know immediate drives, your gratification, that like out-of-control child, and then you've got your reality-based ego, and then you've got your your superego. Now I think the ego, the superego mediates between the two. It could be the other way around. I'll have to double check that. But the point is. When we talk about self-sabotage, I'm going to talk about it from a schema therapy perspective. So schema therapy is a type of therapy that goes back to childhood needs that were met or not met and how situations that happened in your childhood led to the development of schemas, which are mental representations of the world or ideas around the world. So for example, if you got bitten by a dog as a child, your schema may be dogs are dangerous and then you avoid dogs. So it affects your behavior. It affects your beliefs and essentially your life, right? Now, when we talk about self-sabotage, we know that there are a few reasons. We know that they can develop out of your experiences. Now people self-sabotage for different reasons, but here are some of the reasons why. Fear of success, fear of failure, Right, We're trying to avoid potential pain or disappointment that can come from failing. Similarly, the fear of success and the potential changes and responsibilities it could bring can also lead to self-sabotage. So I want you to maybe pick one. Pick one of the self-sabotages I mentioned and let's do a bit of an activity. Think about when this shows up and why it shows up. You know, am I binge eating because I'm really tired? Am I binge eating because I am really stressed? Where does it show up for you? Another reason is lack of self-worth. People who don't believe they deserve success or happiness may self-sabotage as a way to align reality with their negative self-perception. Let me break this down. So your identity has a thermostat setting or a temperature, right? So say your, your temperature of who you are, your self-worth kind of sits at 18, right? And your life starts to get better. You start to attract things. You start to fix your relationship with food. And then that feels a bit weird. And you're like, oh, hang on a second. I believe I'm not good enough and I'm a failure, but I'm actually starting to achieve things. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. I've got to cool the thermostat down. I've got to put the air conditioning on. I've got to, I've got to bring myself down a little notch because these results are scaring me. Right? Which brings me to number three. Do you self-sabotage for control? Do you feel you're controlling the failure rather than it happen unexpectedly? Number four, familiarity. It's a familiar pattern. You know what it's going to feel like. Even though it's destructive, your brain likes familiarity. And the more you do a behavior, the more it will ingrain that pattern. It's something you know and understand, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's self-harm. This can feel safer than venturing into the unknown. Number five, protection. Self-sabotage can serve as a defense mechanism. By holding yourself back, people prevent themselves from getting hurt in relationships or situations. Well, I broke up with them because they would have broken up with me anyway. I had a psychotherapist tell me once, she said, are you trying to kill this relationship before it dies? I was like, whoa, sis. Yes, I am. Because at least then I broke up with them. I didn't get broken up with. Number six, avoidance of discomfort. This is a big one with eating, alcohol use. It requires you to sit in a discomfortable stage. I don't think that's a word. So change, even positive change, can be uncomfortable. Sitting with an urge to purge is uncomfortable. Sitting with an urge to binge is uncomfortable. Sitting with an urge to have alcohol. Sitting with an urge to do anything is hard. So self-sabotage allows people to stay in their comfort zone and avoid the discomfort of change. Take a breakup, for example. You're more likely to stay in the relationship, you know, that isn't serving you than having the discomfort of being single, right? So now, you know, the types of self-sabotage and the reasons you may be doing it. And if you need to pause this and reflect, highly recommend it's essential to understand it so we can break the cycle. How do we do that? It involves a combination of self-awareness. We love our awareness behavioral change. You have to actually do the stuff. It's not enough to know the stuff, seeking support from friends and getting the help of a professional as well. This is something we definitely address in my programs in food freedom. We help you identify the root cause and we address them with compassion. Compassion is the anecdote. No antidote. Sorry. Anecdote is a story. Antidote. (laughs) so we want we want to identify that okay so let's understand the root cause so the first thing i want you to do is what are your patterns of self sabotage start to write it down is it binge eating is it avoidance out of that list of 15 what was it next we're going to identify triggers What triggers the alcohol use? What triggers the avoidance? Is it when my heart is beating really fast, I just want to avoid stuff? Is it when I'm feeling stressed about my life decision, I run to food? And remember, emotional eating is fine in small doses. We just don't want it to make us feel worse. We want it to make us feel better. What thoughts trigger self-sabotage? What thoughts? I think for me, it's the thought that I've got so much to do. Sometimes that overwhelms me a little bit. Then number three, once you know your triggers, your triggers can be a thought, a situation, or an emotion. We're going to develop strategies to address them proactively. So these can be behavioral strategies, so actual practical things. So for example, get rid of the alcohol in the house. Yeah, Or we need a cognitive strategy. Now, I teach you how to do this in my 30-day mindset reset challenge, but this is all included in food freedom as well. Challenge negative thoughts, number three. We want to practice and recognize challenging thoughts and replace self-defeating thoughts with more positive and constructive ones. This can shift your mindset and reduce the likelihood of self-sabotage. So for me, it's recognizing a thought such as, oh, I didn't get enough sleep and my performance isn't going to be good. Whereas it's normal to have days where you're more tired, but I can still go do a workout. It's okay. Or having the thought, I have so much to do and I don't know where to start. Everybody has so much to do. Just write it down and take one step at a time. So it's not about thinking positive all the time. I think that's the biggest misconception. It's about what is effective for me. If a thought such as, you know, do I want to go on holiday? Do I want to break up with my partner? is causing you distress and leading to self-sabotage validate that say it's normal and expected to feel this way given the circumstances number four set realistic goals okay because a lot of setting unrealistic goals can contribute to self-sabotage so break down your larger goals into small manageable steps instead of saying oh i'm never going to binge eat again say I'm going to get support for my binge eating or my alcohol use or avoidance, whatever it is. And the last thing is to practice self-compassion. Remember, self-sabotage isn't the devil. Our perception of it is. It's similar to any maladaptive coping mode. Self-sabotage is a way of coping with unhelpful beliefs. Yeah, and we need to understand that with compassion. So we need to approach it with curiosity and with kindness. We all have setbacks, we all have moments, but the key is to treat yourself with the same compassion and understanding that you would a friend, and to understand it rather than criticizing yourself for it. Right, so in summary, here's what you're going to take from this episode. One, self-sabotage is completely normal and there is nothing wrong with you. Two, self-sabotage serves a function and we need to figure out what is that function? Is it buying me a break? Is it relieving stress? Is it protecting me from failure or success? Three, we're going to build our awareness around this with self-compassion and kindness. And four, we're going to support ourselves with people or with a program that can help you understand this on another level. If you want help with this, feel free to get in touch below, especially if it's your relationship with food. We look at this in food freedom. And remember breaking the cycle of self-sabotage takes time. It takes patience and it is a consistent effort. I know self-sabotage is hard, but remember doing the work is hard too. You got to choose your hard. So it's important to approach the process with a commitment to your personal growth and with kindness. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by leaving a rating and a review. I always love hearing what you have to say. Message me on Instagram, tag me. I really appreciate you being here. I'm super grateful and I hope you have the best week ahead. I'll see you in the next episode. Hold
0: up. What was that?